In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. As that lovely British voiceover says on the introduction to the show, and then my Texas accent comes on to confirm it, this is the internationally acclaimed OGGN HSE podcast. We are heard in over 100 countries, and our primary focus is everyone come home safe. So we focus a lot on the S or safety aspect in HSE, but today, Today, we're going to be focusing on the H in HSE, and I have a very interesting guest and a very interesting program. This just will be another reason why you listen to this podcast, because we have some very interesting and entertaining guests, and today is definitely not going to be an exception. First of all, I want to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by KnowledgeVine. KnowledgeVine is a company leading in human performance and improvement training and technologies. KnowledgeVine is committed to reducing the frequency and severity of workplace errors by helping organizations leverage technology to easily create a sustainable culture. KnowledgeVine is the evolution of human performance, and you can learn more at knowledgevine.com. But we're still letting everyone know and all of our listeners know that when you go to this website to find out more about KnowledgeVine, and actually you can go down to the bottom and contact them, and it would be really nice if you'd send them a note and say thank you for sponsoring this show. But also at this website at the top is a banner where you can find out about and register for the second annual Human Performance in Action Conference, which is HPAC. And that's going to be held at the Houston, Texas, downtown Hyatt Regency, April the 17th through the 19th. The conference theme is identifying and managing risk, the science, data, and application of working safely. And my listeners can get a discount by using the code OGGNHSE podcast. And we'll put that in the show notes so you don't have to remember it right now, because right now what I want you to remember is my guest today on the show, who is Bart Sherwood. Bart, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Russell, for having me. Bart, you are the program director for Tadsaw Incorporated, right? Yes. Technically, I'm also the founder, program director, fire chief, janitor, whatever label there is. That's my title. And yes, we are incorporated, but Tadsaw Inc., we use the capital I, capital N, capital C, which doesn't really stand for incorporated. It stands more for like illegitimate non carbundum, which is a Latin phrase. And illegitimate non carbundum means don't let the bastards get you down. Oh, my goodness. So, no matter what you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, <you> know. <laughs> well, I'm sure the history behind that might be interesting. Maybe we'll talk about that. But first of all, let's talk about Tadsaw. That's capital right. T, capital A, capital D, capital S, capital A, capital W. I should have used the military acronyms right. there, I guess, but I didn't. But TADSAW, yep. I mean. Stands for Train a Dog, Save a Warrior. And it was basically founded in July of 2010. I was at a the Warrior Family Support Center at Fort Sam Houston, Texas. And it was a kind of a family type building where soldiers that were on active duty could come there and get meals and just relax during the day when they were having, you know, appointment, medical appointments in their, while they were in the warrior transition unit. 
And we were there one day with Kelsey, a therapy dog. And a young girl came over to Kelsey. She was a reading education assistance dog. And she laid down next to Kelsey in the middle of the floor and just was ooing and eyeing about how much she loved Kelsey and went from a second grade reading level to a sixth grade reading level over a year period. She was in fifth grade. And she was just, I mean, just spooning with the dog and making a deal. And her father walked up and he was an E7. E and he looked down and said, gee, I wish my dog could do that. And I looked up to him and said, train a dog, save a warrior. And basically that's how it started out was training a dog like Kelsey to be a service dog for a veteran, for an active duty soldier or a veteran. And it was like, you know, chocolate and peanut butter, you know, <laughs> you get chocolate and peanut butter and you're making Reese's peanut butter cups and number one candy for a while. And, you know, saying train a dog, save a warrior just flowed off my tongue that quickly. And that was in July of twenty. 2010 and and Andrew and Coco, that was the service member and his dog, they went on to become team number one later that year in November. And it's been just a rocket ship flight, you know, all the way since 2010. Wow. Okay. You know, here we are 1,382 veterans later with service dogs. And, you know, it's quite a feat for a program that started out like a candy bar. You know, I guess you could say with the candy bar quotation, how sweet it is. But, you know, some people like peanut butter, you know, peanut, Reese's peanut butter cups, some don't. But it's been a really good 13 years, frustrating years. But, you know, but it saves lives. It prevents suicide. And that's really what the, the program is about, Train a Dog, Save a Word. It's about, you know, improving the quality of life of a person needing a service dog to help them mitigate their medical issues and prevent suicide, you know, period, you know, but it's also giving back that person, their self-confidence, their self-trust, their self-esteem by allowing them to be part of the training program from start to finish. So we actually train the veterans or clients to be service dog trainers so they can always replace their service dog when they have need to. You know, the, our trainers train the basically the trainer, and it's a learn one, do one, teach one type of situation. So when you learn how to train your first dog, when you have to retrain your second dog, you have the ability to train it without a whole lot of help. And that's what the Americans with Disabilities Act is about, giving persons with disabilities their confidence back, their ability to be out in public and do things that other people can do and have total, you know, right of access to any location. Okay, so... I looked at some videos on your website, and if I understand this correctly, all right, so Tad Shaw's mission is to provide for the training of a medical alert service dog. So we take them through the however long it takes to go through the program. Okay. So it could be 20 to 25 weeks or more or less. So you actually go and you rescue dogs, and then you teach them to be rescue dogs for the veteran. Is that right? No, 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 no. That's the other people. We actually, when we rescue the dog, it goes immediately to the person needing the dog. If they have their own dog, we'll evaluate their personal dog and see if it's suitable. If it's not suitable, then you find, then, find a dog, you, know, we'll get you get a rescue, a rescue dog. dog for them. And then from there, you Correct. work with the actual person himself to train Correct. the dog. And Correct. Correct. We train the veteran to train their dog or the client to train the dog from start to finish. So this way, there's no reason to 
pre-train the dog because they're going to have to learn how to be a team anyway, the two of them. They have to learn how to bond together and trust each other. And so by them maybe stumbling a little bit along the way in the beginning, that's what the trainer's there for, to make sure they don't stumble, to go and keep them moving forward. And if they make a mistake, that's what the trainer's supposed to do, you know, correct the mistake and show the veteran, the client to how to fix their, you know, the situation. Okay. And it's about building that bond up between the dog and the person. Okay, so I'm a veteran with PTSD, and I find out about you. You find me a dog, and now you're going to teach me to train this dog to become what you call a battle buddy. And this is at no charge to me. What kind Correct. of time commitment am I talking about here? How? I mean, suppose I have a job, yep. I have a family of, I mean... What do I have to do to train this dog? Well, you know, you'll have the dog with you 24-7, 365. And you go to training once or twice a week for a period of 20 to 25 weeks. It could be less. It could be more. It just depends on the amount of time that you devote to training. Since you're a person with a disability, if you're working, your boss is already giving you the ability to take off to go to your medical appointment. And the training of a service dog is considered a medical appointment. It's just not dog training. And so you have that ability to go to the training lesson for, it lasts anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes so you can get back to work. Of course, you'll have your dog with you eventually as the dog is learning and being more appropriate behaved. So because this way, when you're at work, you're more productive. You're not going to be set off by somebody and have a panic attack or lose an hour or two hours. So really, the service dog is able to increase productivity of employees, no matter what their job is. And so it gives them, like I said, it'd be no different than if you had an employee that had a wheelchair. You'd make an accommodation for him to be able to get into work and sit okay. at his desk. All right. That makes sense. So he could do the job. And having the dog gives that person the ability to not have a panic attack when they're triggered during the day. And really, that's where the dog's nose comes in and learning how to read the dog's body language because the dog can actually smell the adrenaline and cortisol when it's released into your bot in your bloodstream, you don't have to wait till you're in the middle of a panic attack for the dog to, you know, alert you that, hey, something's wrong. And by your ability to take charge and interact with the dog and release that oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, and dopamine that will counteract the adrenaline cortisol, you're doing it three to five minutes after the trigger. And you're about five to eight minutes before you might even realize something was wrong. And now all of a sudden, 10 to 12 minutes, you're in control of the situation and you minimize the episode down to just an afterthought. So it gives you the ability to take control of the demons and not be controlled by the demons and held hostage. Okay. And that's the important part is that you are now in charge of your own body again, not the memories that are controlling you. Okay, so that's very fascinating. So you're going to preempt this, let's just call it episode, this bad episode. You're going to preempt this episode because you're going to be able to figure out that the fire is about to start before actually the flames, before it breaks into flame. You're defusing the situation, correct. You're defusing the situation and right there. And a dog there. can do this because he can smell this coming on? Correct. Correct. This, You know, certain smells, you can teach a dog how to smell. You can teach a dog to smell gunpowder, drugs, money, contraband, you know, different animals. You know, if you're a hunter, to find birds or whatever. You can train them to be cadaver dogs by putting out different bones. 
you know, to pick up on things. The only thing you can't teach a dog to do is to smell adrenaline and cortisol as released it into the body. But the dog picks up on it because it affects who's in charge, more or less to say that, you know, the dog looks to the person as the leader of the group. When you're triggered, you're no longer a leader because you're not acting the same way. And the dog interacts with you trying to get your attention by learning how to read your dog's body language. You find out, okay, you're telling me something's wrong. Focusing on the dog brings you back to being in charge of the situation of the team again. So the dog alerts you that, hey, something's wrong. Focus on me. And, you know, and it's just teaching the person to be more proactively responsive. You can wait till you get in the middle of a panic attack and teach the dog to come to you when you're in a panic attack. But why go to the panic attack all the time to get relief? It's the same thing with seizures or migraines. Usually you're triggered for a migraine or a seizure. It takes anywhere from five to 12 minutes to build up to the point where you have the aura that you have a migraine. And then when you feel that you have the aura of the migraine, you, you know, you take a pill to prevent the migraine, but then they say, you know, it may take two to three hours for the effect of the drug to wear in. It's like, so now you're talking about a three hour headache, not a six-hour headache, okay, or a seizure that you're waiting to know that you're going to have one, and then you just wait around until you have the seizure, and then you're basically down for 45 minutes to two hours. But if you listen to your dog and were able to refocus on the dog and refocus the brain into moving in a more coherent pattern, rhythmic pattern, then you're going to short cycle. the. You're still going to have the seizure. You're still going to have the migraine, but now you're reducing it even more to where you're not taking the medication. And really, that's the idea is to, I mean, medication is great, but unfortunately, there's too many side effects like drowsiness and drowsiness and more drowsiness, and you fall asleep after you take your medicine, but you still have the seizure going right. on. So it's better to be preemptive, defuse the situation, and be in control of your own Self okay, again. so we got train a dog, save a warrior, that's Tad Saw, and now you say you're 1,382 people into it. You've expanded this to train a dog, save a family, and even narrative. Right, for the veterans family. And then you've got... You know, we've expanded it to train a dog, save a first responder for all the first responders and those involved in healthcare, veterans or in hospitals, counselors, you know, anybody who's involved with patients who may have you know, problems, have medical issues. And then we've now in taken over the train a dog, save a child, civilian community member for anybody who has need of a service dog due to bullying, racism, civilians with seizures, epilepsy, diabetes, migraines, blood pressure problems, anything where a service dog would improve that quality of life for that person you know, is eligible to apply to the TATSAC program. And, you know, it's also no charge. I kind of started feeling like these service dog organizations were, you know, making a lot of money on the backs of persons with disabilities, not inabilities, but disabilities. They've just gotten so high and the price that they charge is anywhere from 15000 to $45,000, $50,000 to get a dog. And you have to wait for a period of time and I just felt that, you know, when we all started out these service dog programs, we wanted to make a difference to the world. And we had no money, but we took care of the mission statement. And then all of a sudden, the money started flowing in, and the mission statement grew a little bit, and then more money came in. And, you know, and all of a sudden, it wasn't about making the difference anymore. It started about making a profit. 
And I just decided, that, you know, since we'd never gotten there with the money, so I figured we might as well just keep making a difference because there goes the profit. You know, somebody asked me once in business how business was. I said, great. I'm working on my second million this year. He said, man, that's fantastic. I said, yeah, for the last five years, I haven't hit a million. So I figured I'll just give up on the first <laughs> million. The Maybe I'll reach out and get the second yeah. million better. Okay. So as a result, Tadsaw is a 501c3 corporation. That's a nonprofit. Any contributions are fully tax deductible. And so you're yes, providing this tremendous service that might otherwise cost thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to families Correct. with no charge. I think I think one of the reasons we hooked up, you run across a lot of folks in this program who work in the oil and gas industry. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. And we figured that, you know, last year when we were in, at the Date Expo in 2022, receiving an award. A woman that worked for Chick-fil-A came up to me and told me about her 27-year-old son with autism. And, you know, would this program work for him? I said, yes. But, it, you know, at that point, we had Train a Dog Save a Civilian, and there was a $2,500 about price tag for getting a service dog. And, you know, she just looked and said, that's a lot of money, even though he's working. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, maybe your insurance would pay for it. And she says, I don't think they cover dogs. I said, no, they don't. I said, Maybe your boss would, you know, Chick-fil-A would like to maybe make a donation and, you know, pay for the dog for him or, you know, whatever. And she said she'd check into it, but I never heard back from him. But I left the conference very open, very empty feeling about that I wasn't able to help her. And that was in February of 2022. And for the next two, three months, all I kept doing was thinking about, you know, that I needed to do something different to help people. And about the end of April, I decided, well, okay, Tatsaw is just going to re- rebrand t- Train a Dog, Save a Ch- Civilian with Train a Dog, Save a Child, Civilian, or Community Member, and just say, no more. If you need a service dog, you don't have to worry about the money that you got to come up with. You just call me, apply to the program, and you know, make application, and we'll take care of the rest. And you don't have to worry about you know, looking for a dog. If you don't have a dog, we'll get one out of a shelter rescue, save that life and save that person's life, improve both quality of lives of the two individuals. And I just, like I said, I just decided that, you know, it's time that, you know, our, our veterans gave an arm and a leg to go ahead and get a service dog, you know. And I just think that veterans and service members in the military are always making way for the rest of the world, the rest of the country to move forward. And I just didn't think it was, you know, that all the next civilians were going to have to give up more than they could afford to be able to get a service dog. And like I said, that's where the INC comes in so strong, illegitimate non-carbundum, <laughs> because we catch a lot of hell for doing things the way we do it. But, you know, I'd rather be out in front of the crowd than behind them, following them. And so if another organization is going to step up and help other Americans, then that's great. Then they've done what they're supposed to. We're not Americans. We're Americans. So we have to figure out a way to help each other better. Well, there you go. And And that's what it's about, a better way. I'm really glad to have this opportunity to spotlight this on our show. Bart, I appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on the show. We'll obviously put all your contact information in the show notes. Thanks. Reach out to Bart. This is a great community service. You, give my, you, can, you can say my telephone number if you want to. Well, that's strictly up to you. Yeah. 
My number, call me anytime. I answer my phone 24-7-365. Just dial 210-643-2901. The only thing I ask is if you call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, do not ask if I woke you up. Because I'm going to say on the phone, no, I was just sitting here waiting on the phone for you to call. I don't want anybody to feel that they're, it's a bother. This is part of the program. It's about taking care of others' needs and not have them worried about it. So 210 210- Six four three two nine zero one. That's located in San Antonio, Texas, and you'll get my smiley voice on the phone. Well, there you go. That's definitely a first for this show. So we're going to close it out. As always, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn, your other social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or there's actually a review link in the show notes, and that would really help us out if you click onto that. Please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vines Oil and Gas HSE podcast, production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Remember that Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full service human performance and safety consulting. Knowledge Vine is error reduction that works. And you can find out more about Knowledge Vine by, as we said, going to their website, which we've got a link to that posted and some other contact information. And that also includes the conference discount code. And you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.